Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Do you have a habit of storing up the scriptures in your heart? Do you spend time each day thinking about Jesus, talking with him and praying with him, that you might better get to know him? Let's open our Bible now to Proverbs chapter 2 and see how we can better grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to uh, another teaching. It's a Monday morning here in uh, in Texas. What time is it? It's around 8.04 a.m. here in Texas. And uh, man, just uh, just excited to, to wake up and study the, the Word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hope you all having a blessed new year and uh, just uh, just spending time in the scriptures spending time reading and studying the scriptures. We went through, we did a two-part teaching already in Psalm 1. And, uh, you know, just on, just on the, 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 the overwhelming benefits of just spending time reading, studying, meditating, and obeying our Bible, right? Reading our Bible, studying our Bible, meditating on the scriptures. The scriptures are the Bible. Um... And, and above all, obeying what we we learn and repenting when we, you know, where we see we're out of place, right? And all of this is just a joyous process. I mean, it's just an exciting thing we just get to do, right, Scott? I mean, we just get to, to read the scriptures. It's the, the living word of God. I mean, these phrases are interchangeable. The word of God, the Bible, the scriptures. All of these are our names for this Bible we have, right? It is actually the word of our heavenly father given to feed and nourish us and encourage us and correct us and rebuke us and train us and to teach us, right? Second Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture, the whole Bible, the whole word of God is, is God breathed, Right? Um, it's, it's, it's inspired by him, by God, uh, and it's useful, right? Um, for, for teaching, correcting, right? Rebuking and, in, in, uh, and training in righteousness so that, um, so that, that all of us, all men and women may be thoroughly equipped to do the work the Lord has given us to do. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, today we are going to do, uh, yesterday I was having coffee with my brother Jason and, uh, you know, I was just, uh, and we were just sitting there and we weren't saying a lot at the moment. And so I started studying Proverbs too, man, these first five verses are just, uh, are just pretty, pretty overwhelming. Yesterday was, uh, the second of January. Um, and so I went to Proverbs 2, and I was just meditating and studying these first five verses. And I've done this before. They're some of my, my favorite Proverbs, um, Proverbs scriptures. And, uh, man, I was just so blessed by it. And I was studying again this morning. And so uh, we're going to do Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Father, we do thank you for your word. 
We thank you for our Bible. We thank you for the Holy Scriptures. Father, we thank you for a new year. We thank you for your favor, your blessing, your mercy and goodness on our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures, the living word of God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy and goodness on our lives. We thank you for becoming a human man for us, living a perfect life for us, dying a perfect death for us. And we thank you that you are alive and risen and we love and worship you today. We commit this time into your hands, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen and amen. All right. Proverbs 2, Anthony, verses 1 to 5, right? We're going to go ahead and read them, and then we're just going to break them down, pick them apart, meditate on them, and apply them to our lives. Verse, Proverbs 2, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Right? My, uh, my amazing, lovely cousin, Corinne, you notice how it starts in verse one, my son, if. Then in verse five, it says, then. All right. So it's, it's a clear conditional exhortation, right? It's not just something that happens, y'all, when we just wake up. There seems to be when we wake up in the morning. There seems to be a, a like a prevailing theme I'm hearing more and more um, in the church today that growth in relationship with Jesus <clears throat> just happens on its own. You know, it's just going to happen, you know, because we're Christians, <clears throat> because we believe in Jesus Christ. We've received him as our Lord and Savior. And, I'll, and we'll also hear all kinds of of things that people want to accomplish, right? And it's a good time to do that. It's a new year. It's it's a perfect time to really, uh, you know, commit ourselves and devote ourselves to growing in Christ. But it's an immense deception if we if we believe that any of this will happen without us applying ourselves in greater and greater devotion to Jesus. Okay, this is not religion. Um, it's the it's the very essence of relationship. Relationship with with anyone, right, grows when you put in time, in effort, in love, in thoughtfulness to 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 walk with the other person, to grow to know the other person, to serve them. Any relationship, right? Any friendship. Uh, husband and wife, um, mother and son, father and daughter, uh, all relationships flow and grow and mature as we as we give ourselves to having more time and intimacy and effort and love and devotion to that relationship. 
And certainly this is, this is true in our relationship with Jesus Christ, right? Um, sometimes I think as, as, as Christians, we can, we can, we kind of speak sometimes, I've done this, to where like relationship is, is easy. <clears throat> Having a growing and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is by no means easy. And simply saying it's the easiest thing in the world or anything like that is just, um, it really does us no good. It's counterproductive, okay? Coming into relationship with Jesus is, is very clear in the Bible, and that happens only by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? Uh, it is by grace that we have been saved, saved from our sin, Right? And going to heaven when we die, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one will boast, right? It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Um, and so salvation from sin, coming into relationship with the triune God, and ultimately going to heaven when we die, comes by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. It comes by it comes by all human beings, all eight billion human beings right now on earth um, need Christ. The scripture is clear that it's only in Jesus that we can have our sins forgiven, only in Jesus that we can come into relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All God, three separate beings. And it's only in and through Jesus Christ that we can have eternal and spiritual life. And that spiritual life is what goes to heaven. Your alive spirit is what goes to heaven when, when you die. If we do not have Jesus Christ and we leave this body in death, then our sins have not been forgiven. We remain in spiritual death. Our spirit is dead to God, and regrettably, we spend eternity in hell separated from, from the triune God. So you come into relationship with Jesus having, having nothing but trusted in Jesus Christ, right? You've acknowledged your sin. You've acknowledged that the scriptures plainly teach. The Bible is clear. Right, Romans 3.23, all of us are sinful and fall short of God's holy standard. Because of our sin, we're separated from him. We need a savior. We're hopeless and desperate. And acknowledging that hopelessness and acknowledging our helplessness, going before Jesus Christ, humbling ourselves before him in, in utter desperation, knowing that without him, we spend eternity in hell, but believing that the scriptures say, believing what the scriptures say, and coming before Jesus and simply calling out to him, right? The words don't save us. Romans 10, 13 does declare, however, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what that means is what that heart, that humble heart, that heart of acknowledgement, of desperation, of hopelessness of helplessness, that we go before Jesus Christ 
And we confess to him, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinful person. And I know there's nothing I can do, Lord Jesus, to save myself from my sin. I'm, a, I'm hopeless. I'm desperate. I need you, Jesus, and you alone. Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you came and lived a, a perfect life for me and died on the cross that torturous death for me. And I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, Lord Jesus, I ask you now to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring you to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I'm placing all my faith right now. I place all my faith and trust and confidence and reliance in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how we become a Christian, right? Now, again, uh, it's not just by saying words. That's important. But it's in agreeing with the word of God that we are sinful human beings in desperate need of a savior, utterly hopeless, and that the only solution to our, our spiritual death and our sin is is faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. Now, when we do that, when we receive Jesus Christ, the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually comes and lives inside of us. We become one with Jesus, right? We're part of the body of Christ. We're called the bride of Christ. We're one with Jesus in spirit. And we now have relationship with him. We have relationship with God the Father as our heavenly father. God, the Holy Spirit, we have relationship with the Holy Spirit. That happens with nothing we do. That happens completely and totally by faith. But growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ and maturing in that relationship, that, that, that only happens as we apply ourselves and devote ourselves to spending time with him. And the most important way we do that is in the Holy Scriptures. So you'll notice in verse one, Proverbs two. Now Solomon is is writing this, and he's and he's and he and he, uh, and he has his son in mind, right? Speaking to his son. But when we read these, we read these as it's the word of God. So it's our heavenly Father's word to us. So it starts out, my son, and that means my son and daughter, my son. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you. So there it is again, Uncle Dennis, if, okay? If you accept my words and store up my commands within you. Verse one, Proverbs two. Again, the Bible is the living word of God. It, it claims to be the living word of God, the Holy Scriptures. And verse one says, that as his children, right, we only become a child of God. We only become a son or daughter of the living God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our alone, alone, in Jesus Christ, our Lord, I was going to say. Uh, but it's in Christ alone that we become a child of God when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that that sin that was blocking us from knowing God the Father as our Heavenly Father is removed. It's put to Jesus Christ at the cross, all of our sin, past, present, and future. The perfect righteous life that Jesus lived is credited to us, that incredible exchange of the cross. 
And God the Father becomes our heavenly father and we're his child. That's the only way to become a child of God is in and through Jesus Christ. My son, if you accept my words, now as a child of God and even to become a child of God, you have to accept the truth of the word of God. As we just said, have you accepted the truth that you are a sinful man and woman? The scripture says it unambiguously. Have you accepted the fact that because of your sin, you are separated from God? The scripture is unambiguous. It's clear. Have you accepted the fact that only in Jesus Christ, my son, if you accept my words, that only in Jesus Christ your sins can be forgiven, you, only in Jesus Christ can you have eternal life, only in Jesus Christ can you have relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and only in Jesus Christ can you go to heaven when you die. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus' own words. And again, it's because only in Jesus that we can have our sins forgiven. My son, if you accept my words, we have to begin by accepting the scriptures as the living word of God. We have to accept it. We have to believe it. My son, if you accept my words, do you have a lifestyle of reading your Bible right now? You want to grow in your relationship with Jesus and with your Father and with the Holy Spirit. That's going to begin by having a lifestyle of spending time in the Scriptures. Okay, We do that first and foremost by, by opening our Bible. It doesn't matter whether it's a physical Bible or if it's a digital Bible on your phone or tablet. And, and just reading it right? And reading your Bible, you want to read it, you want to study it, you want to meditate on it, you want to memorize it. And you want to, importantly, most importantly, you have to accept it as it is the word of God and hence the truth. What's in the scripture is the truth. It's the manual for life. It's the manual to teach us that we are sinful and hopeless. It's the manual to teach us we need a savior. And it's a manual to teach us how to grow in our relationship with the triune God and, and how to live a, a fruitful life. Do you accept the scriptures as the living word of God? Okay, that's number one. My son, if you accept my words, the more you study the word of God, the more you read the word of God, the more time you spend in it, the more you will begin to accept it, the more you'll begin to believe it, right? It is, it is a living word, all right? The scripture is alive. It feeds our spirit. It feeds our soul. My son, if you accept my words, look at the second half of the verse says, and store up my commands within you. So not only are we to read the Bible, not only are we to study it, we need to store it up. We need to make deposits, right, of the word of God into our spirit, into our soul, Leah, every day, right? Um, again, there is nothing more beneficial in our lives than depositing the scriptures into ourselves. Now, we deposit all kinds of things into our, into our mind and soul, right? Um, you know, we deposit you know, 
like 40, 50, 60, 100 episodes of different TV shows on Netflix, right? I have, uh, I have people that have watched every episode of Friends, and, and they've done it time after time after time after time. Now, again, there's, there's nothing inherently wrong with watching a TV show, okay? But if you've watched a thousand episodes of a TV show like Friends, right? And I've watched it. It's a good show. I haven't watched seasons or anything. Um, but you spend little to no time in the scriptures, little to no time in your Bible, then you're storing up Friends, but you're not storing up Jesus. You're not storing up the word of God in you, right? Um, you know, if, if, if you play that, that, that Xbox 460, right? And you, uh, and you're storing, storing that up again, that's fun to do. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I enjoy, uh, you know, different kinds of games on the PC, but are, are you storing up the word of God in you? Right now, when you store something up, what does that mean when you store something up? My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, to store up the word of God may mean you're, that there's this principle that when you read it and study it, the, you're not getting necessarily an immediate benefit from it. Of course, it's very good, right? And of course, it, it often does at some level. It always is going to give you something. But there's this principle that as you study the scriptures and memorize them and think on them and adjust your life to fit the scriptures, right, Melanie? It's our job to, to make our lives fit the Bible, right? We don't make the Bible fit our lives. We're supposed to believe and obey what the Bible says. We don't get to look at the Bible and twist it to make it believe what we want to believe. We just take it as it is and believe what it says and obey what it says. But if it says that we're to store up the scriptures, the clear implication is that there may be a later time, you know, we read it and study it today, and it's stored up for use at a later date, a later date when we will certainly need it, right? This life is filled with, with countless, you know, trials and tribulations and difficulties and decisions that need to be made. And you want to have that word of God stored up in you. And again, it's an if, if you do this, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, store up that word of God within you, turning your ear to wisdom. Okay. So now, um, do you see the responsibility here? is going to be entirely put on the individual. It's our job to turn our ear to the wisdom of the scriptures, right? And it's wisdom in itself to do that, right? To apply ourselves and turn our ear to the scriptures. As I said, this just doesn't happen when we wake up in the morning. You just don't wake up and decide, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm in Jesus and I believe in Jesus and there's really nothing for me to do. And yes, you'll ultimately go to heaven when you die. But if that's all you do, if you don't spend time in the scriptures when you feel like it and when you don't, if you don't spend time in prayer and thanksgiving 
in uh, in repentance, in praise, in worship. Um, you're certainly a Christian, and you'll go to heaven when you die if you're genuinely trusting in Jesus Christ, as in the manner we said earlier. Uh, but you won't grow in your relationship with him. You won't grow to know him more intimately. You won't grow to walk with him more intimately. That's why he's given us these incredible tools, right? The biggest one, again, being our Bible. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom. So when you read the scripture, it's your responsibility to, to really turn your ear to what it says and turn it away from you know, what the world is saying, right? Um, the world, right? The world around us, the people around us, those who are not Christians, um, you know, those often who, who have no, not only no belief in God, but no room for him at all. Um, that's always clamoring for our ears, right? The, the noise of the world, the, the, the people of the world, again, those who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior would be the people of the world. Um, everybody has their own ideas, their own fancies, their own beliefs. It's, it's just, a, it's just a, a jumble of a ridiculous mess, right? We were given the Bible, the scriptures, as a manual for what to believe and how to live our lives. So when we read the Bible, we accept it as the living word of God. We store it up within us and you turn your ear away from what the world is saying or what people are saying contrary to the Bible. And you turn it to the wisdom of the scriptures, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Are you applying your heart really to understanding the word of God? That's why you listen to, to podcasts like this or watch on YouTube or listen to all the different ways that, you know, the guys have it set up. I guess it's on Spotify and Apple and Google and uh, SoundCloud and uh, YouTube. And, um, and so when you, you know, when you dig into your Bible to try to understand it, when you listen to a good sound Bible-based teaching, right? Um, you know, you're consistently listening to good sound teachings, going to church, listening to a good sound Bible-based message, um, spending time in praise and worship. Obviously, we do that in church, but not only in church. We ought to be praising him and worshiping him every day, right? Um, you're applying your heart. Now, again, we want to look at here, again, the responsibility of the individual may. If you will do these things, if you will turn your ear to wisdom, if you will apply your heart to understanding, verse three, and if you will call out, turn your ear, apply your heart, and if you will call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, you know, do we have a lifestyle of really wanting insight? into the scriptures, really wanting to know the wisdom of the scriptures, really wanting to, to get a deep, thorough understanding of the scriptures, of the word of God, that, that we just desire it and we want it and we, we ask the Lord Jesus for, for insight, right? Now, again, we can't just ask for insight into the word of God, into the scriptures, and never spend time into the word of God. Um, ask the Lord for insight 
his insight, in his understanding, into all things, into every aspect of your life? Do you have a desire for the insight of the Lord, which is first and foremost in the scriptures, in every aspect of your life? Do you have, uh, are you crying aloud, calling out, crying aloud for insight and understanding in every aspect of your life, be it spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, or relationally? Do you have that lifestyle, Esther, of crying aloud for it? Sometimes, you know, and, and I do this myself, when I'm saying, do you have a lifestyle, don't just pass by that statement and assume you do. This is the, the, the biggest reason we're not growing in Jesus Christ. The biggest reason we don't grow in Jesus Christ is we believe we're okay. And again, if we're in Jesus Christ, yes, our sins are forgiven, we're going to go to heaven. But when, when you hear a minister say, do you have a lifestyle of doing these things? You ought not immediately assume that you do. By any means, it'd be better off, and this is a hard word, assuming you don't. So what you want to do is when you hear someone say, when you just heard me say, do you have a lifestyle of calling out for insight and crying aloud for understanding? We want to stop and think, and I'm thinking about my own life here. Do I have a daily habit, which I'm calling a lifestyle, something I do every day, of of really calling out to the Lord for insight? Do I have a daily habit of crying out to the Lord? Look, at he starts with call out, then he says cry aloud. Do you have a lifestyle of, uh, of desperation to really want to know him and his heart better? And is it reflected in times throughout your day where you stop and just, and just want to ask the Lord in desperation, crying aloud that you want to know him better, that you want to, want to understand his word better and more intimately, that you want to spend more time with him. And the certain answer for almost every Christian is no. We don't have a lifestyle. Because if we had this as a lifestyle, Nathan, right, we would be doing it and we would know him more. We would have more excitement about Jesus and about the word of God. It would fill our hearts so much that this is all we'd want to do. So when the scriptures say to us, and again, my son, if, and if you call out for wisdom and cry out, in verse 4, and if you look for it, again, these are all cause and effects. If you do these things, then the blessing of verse 5 and all these things will be yours. If you don't do them, they won't be yours. Say again, it has nothing to do with our salvation, nothing to do with going to heaven, nothing to do with having our sins forgiven. This has to do with, with living a life of fullness and meaning and joy, and power, and love, and fruitfulness in ever-growing and deepening relationship with the triune God, growing to know Jesus better. So again, we want to make this a year here in 2022 where we increasingly 
examine ourselves when we're, when we're studying these scriptures. Okay, I do accept this as the word of God in verse 1. Okay, I do accept what I'm reading as the scriptures. I accept it as the manual for life. I accept this as the ultimate truth in everything. And if something contradicts this, it's not true. This is where, this is where the truth is in our scriptures, in our Bible. In the word of God. So I accept the word of God. And again, the more time you spend in it, the more you will grow in it and grow to accept it as the truth in everything. And, and okay, are you spending time and storing up commands? Okay. Am I meditating on the scriptures on a, on a daily basis? Do I have a consistent lifestyle? I'm not saying you don't miss a day here and there, but you know, do you have a lifestyle of several days a week, right? Obviously every day would be good. Jesus in Matthew 4, 4 said that man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, uh, you know, right, Jason, imagine if <laughs> my brother, I, I, uh, at Bible study, you know, you know, we were talking about that verse and he said he was going to try to do it. You know, that, that every time Peyton, that, that, that he, 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 he had a meal he was going to say, read a chapter in his Bible, right? So whenever he fed himself physically, he's going to feed himself spiritually. And I, I told him, I never heard anyone say that. I've never heard anyone say they were going to try to do that. It is, it's so hard. And I've, you know, in the times I've talked to him after that, he has said, no, I, I haven't. But it, it's, it should be a wonderful goal, right? Imagine that whenever we feed ourselves spiritually, like, okay, I mean, physically. So, you know, if, let's say we eat three meals a day. You know, on average, and again, this isn't a religious thing. It's just, it's just, it's just a guide for us, right? Imagine what we'd look like if every time we had a meal, if we had three meals a day, that we were going to spend time in our Bible three times a day. And again, this is not something that we're putting on you, that I'm putting on you, that you have to do this. It's something you get to do. And it, you know, you know, if a person has a uh, an eating disorder. Not one where they eat too much, but one where they don't want to eat at all. They'll die. Right? Even if you don't feel like eating, if you have some rare disease and you don't, you know, you're just not hungry for a week at a time, you have to eat or your body will die. It needs food to sustain you. And, and if we don't feed ourselves in the scriptures, if we're not intentional about that, then, then we won't grow up spiritually, right? Um, first Peter one, I believe it's, uh, first Peter chapter two, verse one, it says that it is, it is, it is babies. We ought to crave pure spiritual milk, the milk of the word of God, just, you know, come on, just, just being in it so that we could grow up in our salvation, now that we've tasted the goodness of the Lord. If, if, if. So examine your life. Do you have this lifestyle? Now, again, you don't go from zero to 100, right? This is a lifestyle. It's, it's, we spend our lives, right? The old church fathers used to say the journey is the destination, right? You spend our lives growing to know Jesus more and more and more and walk with him more and more and more. But we, we need to be intentional in this. Um, you know, so if you're in a place where you're not doing any of this, then just begin each day, you know, you know, talk to the Lord and, you know, 
So you know what? I'm going to pray a couple of times a day for a minute or two minutes. And then maybe in a, in a month you're, you're doing that and you want to, you say, you know, I want to stretch myself. Or you can just feel yourself growing and maturing and, 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 and just desiring more time with him. But you, you have to apply yourself, right? You have to turn your ear to the wisdom of the scriptures. In order to do that, you got to turn it away from the nonsense that goes on everywhere else around us, right? Um, you have to apply your heart. If you accept my words, if you turn your ear to wisdom, if you apply your heart to understand, David, and if you call out for insight and cry out for understanding, verse four, and if, look at this, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, the principle here is um, there's no words for it. Right. This is this is a principle that that ought to hit home in every one of us like a hammer, Matthew. Okay, and if you look for it as for silver, do you have a heart to search out the scriptures? When I say, do you have a heart? Do you do this in a similar way? So you examine yourself because it says. If you look for insight, if you look for understanding, if you turn your ear to wisdom, if you apply your heart for understanding, if you accept the word of God, if you continually store up the scriptures in you, and if you do it in the same way that you look for silver. So in the way that you pursue monetary gain, in the way, Gwenda, that you pursue worldly finances, money, right, in the in, with the same effort that you look to provide for yourself through your job and through your work financially, whatever amount of effort you put in to storing up for yourselves financially with money and looking to gain money and for all that it can do for you, do you have a lifestyle similar to that of pouring yourselves into the scriptures? Any reasonable and rational person is going to say, <laughs> regrettably not, okay? But it's something we want to, 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 to repent over. It's something we want to say, golly, Lord, I spend 40, 50, I don't know how many hours a week. If you spend 40 hours a week at work, then you spend another 20 hours a week thinking about money right? And considering money and what can it do for you and buy for you and you roll up 60 hours a week, do you have a similar heart in the way you just want to store up the word of God in you? And the answer is, of course, I don't. But if if we grow more in that, if we start today and just a little bit more today, it could be, you know what? I haven't read anything forever. So read a few verses today, but just begin in this process of storing up the word of God in you, of turning your ear away from, from the nonsense we hear in the world, um, turning it to the wisdom of the scriptures and turning it to the wisdom that the scriptures provide. We apply our hearts to understanding the word of God. We read it. We know what it says, but we want to understand it. So we're going to study it. We're going to we're just going to look for the meaning of it. You can use very good Bible-based commentaries. You can listen and should listen to good Bible-based teachings. And if you look for it as for silver, so this is a massive hurdle for us. And Father, I ask you to forgive me 
that I, I do not believe that that I have studied the scriptures with this heart. I thank you that I'm in this process. And I pray that you would help us to more and more use the barometer for how we should pursue our spiritual life in the way that we work diligently to provide naturally for ourselves, um, for our finances. Now listen, not by any means am I saying that someone should go out and quit their job and just sit home and read the Bible. That's not what this is saying. We need to work. We need to make money. Um, we need to pay our bills. We need to give to the kingdom of God. Um, we need to be a blessing. We need to provide for ourselves and our family and, and put a roof over our head. We need to be productive members of society. Um, but, you know, whatever you work a week, if you work 40 hours a week, right? And, um, you know, what is there, 168 hours in a week? Um, and so if, if you work 40 of them, right, and you sleep like 56 of them, you know, that's 96, you know, um, you know, what do you got with the other 72 hours? Okay. Um, so you have 72 more hours that you're not working and not sleeping. And I know we have other things <laughs> again, right? I'm not saying we're just going to overnight just start spending a an hour a day, an hour and a half a day, two hours a day. But you want to really think about these things in this kind of manner. Golly. You know, I sleep eight hours a day. That's 56 hours, right? I'm at work 40 hours a week. That's 96. What do I do with those extra, you know, 72 hours? You know, what, what, what? What, what do I do at those times? Well, I have things I got to do. I have to do work. I got to take care of the kids. I got to do all these things. Okay. Let's say that takes another 25 hours. All right. Um, all right. So now I'm down to what? 762, 52, you know, 47 hours. What am I doing with those other 47 hours? Well, I got to watch that, you know, three, four hours of TV a day. I got to play my games for two or three hours. So that basically takes up another 40. You see what I'm saying? So, in that, say, 40 or 50 hours a week, how much are you giving to it, okay? I'm not saying you're going to spend 40 hours a week in your Bible like you do, you know, um, working. But what we're saying is you want to have a heart to pursue the Word of God and the heart of God and the wisdom of God, and you want to apply yourself to it. Um, you want to have a heart to cry out for it throughout the day. And so I'll say again, for, for the vast majority of Christians, they have very little of this. So you want to begin to do it a little bit more, right? Let's say you're hardly praying, you know, at all. You know, so you know what, Lord, I do want to pray, you know, two or three times a day with you every day, just for a few minutes, right? And as you do this more and more, you'll, you'll, you'll grow and mature in it. And you'll grow in your relationship with Jesus. And the more you do it, the more you'll want to do it. If you look for it, as for silver, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, my wife's verse of the year is Proverbs 25, 2, um, that, you know, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. She wants this to be a year of her searching out the word of God. She's, she's, she's reading some of the deep church fathers like C.S. Lewis, Jerry Bridges, just, uh, trying to get insight into the 
into the scriptures, insight into the character of Christ, trying to know him. Um, she wants to search for it as for hidden treasure. Are you going to search the scriptures, search for the wisdom of the scriptures, search to understand the scriptures? You're going to call out for it, right? And just like you would a, a hidden treasure, again, the way we would go after a hidden treasure that would be worth, say, millions or billions of dollars and all that could provide for us in this life, we want to have that kind of growing heart in our relationship with Christ and storing up for the next life. You remember Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. So if you do all these things, if this is your lifestyle, okay, and again, it's, we're not perfect in it, but if you'll examine yourself today and you'll make these four verses a daily lifestyle, you'll look at yourself and see, you know, I do, I am, I'm, I'm praying, you know, I do have a lifestyle. I do talk to the Lord three or four times a day, but you know, I'm not really spending time in my Bible. You know, I don't, I don't really spend that much time in praise and worship. There's no condemnation here. Again, these are things we get to do. You notice if, 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 finally, verse five, look at this, verse one to four, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, verse five, then, if, then, if you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, then this will not happen. Okay? Again, it all starts in a relation of coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. This is how we'll grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. So the first blessing, it's an amazing blessing, is truly understanding the fear of the Lord. What it means to just truly understand and have an awe and a reverence for who God is and to truly, and, and, and to have just a little bit of fear, right? The fear of the Lord certainly is an awe and a reverence for God, but it does, it does mean that to fear him, you know, like, like, a, like a child fears a parent that knows the discipline is coming if they disobey. Like someone who has a healthy fear of the law because you know, they don't want to be arrested and punished, right? We ought to have a fear of the Lord. If we'll do these things, the first blessing is we'll have this understanding, this deeper understanding of what it means to fear the Lord. Now, you know, your father loves you. If you're in Christ today, God the Father is your heavenly father, okay? Um, if you're not in Christ, then God is your judge, your eternal judge in Christ. Um. Remember, Jesus said, you know, the father judges no one, but has left all judgment to the son. If you're in Christ today, God, the father is your heavenly father. If you're trusting in Jesus and relying on him in the way we spoke about earlier, then he is uh, your heavenly father. And he loves you. And, and he will discipline you and does discipline you and I when, we, when we're, we're not acting in line with the word of God. When we're, when we're behaving and speaking in ways that are, that are unbiblical. So the first things that comes with this, the first blessing, the first 
the then is then you will understand the fear of the Lord. Then you will just begin to grow and understand what it means to walk in the fear of the Lord, right? You remember this book, I believe it's chapter one, verse seven, maybe. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. You see, I mean, again, our heavenly father will discipline us and he's doing that so that, you know, we walk in a little bit more fear of the Lord, a little more awe, a little more reverence. And we're kind of afraid because I don't like discipline and the discipline can come in many ways, right? The discipline can come in the way of hardships, difficulties, sicknesses. Now, again, I'm not saying all of these things are discipline from God, but these are ways that this happens. And that's a whole other teaching, right? Um, then you will not under, only understand the fear of the Lord, but look at this and find the knowledge of God. And then verse five, you will find the knowledge of God. And here's the purpose of all of this as we started about it coming full circle as we started out. And then you'll find out what it means to know him. You'll find out what it means to have relationship with him. If you will have this kind of lifestyle, may you will then come to find out what it means to really know Christ, to really walk with him, to know his love, and in knowing it, to love him more and to walk with him more. And this, the whole thing starts snowballing and it gets so exciting and it's just all you'll want to do more and more and more and more. Do you want to know Christ, right? Was it Philippians 3.10? Paul said, I want to know Christ. The meaning of the Christian life is to know Jesus more intimately. If you will do these things, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And then you will find out. Then you will find the knowledge of God. You'll, you'll find out. You'll not just know more about him, which is wonderful. But you'll know him intimately more. You'll have a deeper knowing, a deeper intimacy, and a deeper walk with Jesus. There's just nothing better than that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your blessings. I ask you to help us, Father. Lead us, Holy Spirit, to accept your words, to store up your commands within us. Lead us, Holy Spirit, turning our ear to the wisdom of the scriptures and applying our heart to the understanding of the scriptures. Drive us, Holy Spirit, to call out for insight and for and to cry aloud for understanding. And I ask you to help us just to begin to more and more look at it, look for it as we do finances, look for it as we do money, look for spiritual provision as we do natural provision, and to search for it as we do hidden treasure, and that we might truly understand in greater measure the fear of the Lord and, and know you, Father, and you, Lord Jesus, and you, Holy Spirit, that we might find the knowledge of God, that we might know you more and more. Holy Spirit, we ask for eyes that see this and ears that hear it. Convict us as we go forward now to live in this way. For Jesus' sake, amen and amen.